0: So?
1: Yeah.
0: Well. Oh, do you actually edit that? What? The audio? Yeah. Oh are you cut you cut every single one? Yeah. No. Oh. I never knew that. What are you using? Audio something? Uh, pinnacle. Mm. I'm ready to go. By the way, I have no idea where we got to. Do you have any idea? No. Hmm. I think I know where you are I'm gonna
1: put you on
0: the picture now. Okay. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عقبة للمتقين ولا عذابا إلا على الظالمين والصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلة وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلة اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته lesson I think thirty one I think Um, And we only have a few left now of academic year um, uh, 2 And inshallah our aim is to finish the entire chapter of wiping over the uh, socks And wiping over the imamah and the splints and the bandage in this academic year inshallah Hopefully with a little bit left for some questions and some uh, kind of review So um, I am not actually 100% sure where we uh, finished But I, I I do think that the last thing that we mentioned was the evidences for why we should wipe over a splint as opposed to washing part of it and then doing the for parts of it. I think this is basically what we got to. And I think the last thing that I basically mentioned is from page two hundred and forty seven. Um, two hundred and forty seven basically refers to two hundred and forty seven basically is referring to um, the the statement what if you have a a wound which is basically uncovered so maybe you've got like a bad cut which you can't even cover yeah so I mean I think it's straightforward if you have some kind of like you know major burn or something and you've got um or whatever wound and you've got like a a, a bandage over it well we said that you're just going to wipe that and that's fine that entire area gets wiped and uh, uh, obviously the area's got to be the area of harm or the area of of, of damage but we get, we put a scenario over. What if that entire arm is like burnt and you can't put a bandage on it, or it doesn't have a bandage? Then in that case, then we said, yep, okay, that's understandable, and you can make tam. Right, um, and this continues ila So, ila astaghfirullah ila I just fell for the biggest trick in a book. Ila until it gets cured, not until it becomes halal, which I just, which is what I just said. Ila Let me just read to you the Arabic. Um, this is referring to page 3 So during major impurity, one can also wipe over a splint or a bandage that covers the minimum area necessary only until it is no longer needed إِلَىٰ Until it's basically fixed And all of the above is upon the condition that they are worn meaning the amama, meaning the uh, khimar, meaning the everything uh, all of this is talking about, uh, as long as the condition is there, that they are worn after the completion of ritual purification, after the completion of Tahara. And that's a controversial statement, of course, which we've already disagreed with previously, and we're going to look at it again, inshallah, in detail. So, what does... Um, uh, so, ila uh, halliha with the fatha on the Ha, okay? And what does this mean? Basically, as soon as the wound is fixed... Then or, or healed, or cured, then we're not allowed to wipe over that area. That's straight, straight forward. Okay, now, as long as the, all of these rules previously, talking about wiping uh, days and times and concessions, whatever, is only all allowed if it has been put on, those four items have been put on, after you have completed your purification. What are those four items? The khuf, the leather sock, the imama, which is the turban, the khimar, which is the headscarf, and the jabira, which is the bandage or the splint. Alright, so let's have a look at the... Um, let's look at what this actually means. Until purification has been completed. So, let's give an example, basically, of what the text is trying to say. It's trying to say that if there's a person who, uh, who needs to make ghusl, okay, he is in a state of junub. alright, he's sexually impure and he needs to make ghusl, right. So, he's about to make ghusl, but what he does first is that he basically washes his feet. Yeah? So... He washes his feet. Why? So he can put his hoofs on. So the question is, is that acceptable or not? This person, basically, he's put his hoofs on. And, and, I I mean, I don't know how that would work. I'm just guessing that maybe he's in the shower, washes his feet, and then he puts his hoofs on and then maybe I guess he leans into the shower to wash the rest of his body or something. I don't know. I don't know. If you, if you, if you use a bathtub, then that's possible to do that. You know? Back in the day when we used to Back in the day when we used to get um, It's not the same thing But I do know what it means to be able to do an upper body wash Upper body wash is to basically Not get into the bath And to wash the top part of your body Standing outside the bath Yes we used to do that You know when we used to do that We used to do that When uh, mum used to do our haircuts <laughs> We, we would get we would get the haircut And then we would say You know you know, at that age you don't like baths and stuff So we'd get our haircut And then you'd lean over isn't it And then they would put the shower The, the flexible one over their head There might be a scenario Man's got to make a bath Basically washes his feet And then he steps out the bath Is that going to be acceptable? Is that going to be uh, acceptable? The answer is that This is not acceptable Because purification has not been completed Now I'll tell you what's interesting Okay What's interesting is that the purification is not acceptable um, Not because he washed his feet first That's not the reason Okay Because actually in ghusl There's no order for things So it's permissible to wash your feet first Does that make sense? Yeah It is permissible to wash your feet first in ghusl Now I, 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 we're going to come to this obviously probably in five years But we're going we're gonna to obviously come to ghusl but, but when it comes to ghusl Ghusl basically means washing your entire body, yes, with the niyyah of purification from from major al-hadath al-akbar, from major ritual impurity. Uh, what the conditions? The niyyah and to wet your whole body. The fact that you make wudu first, make istinja first, then make wudu and then wash from your right hand side first, then your left hand, pour three times. All these are sunnah acts, acts, sunnah acts, but they're not obligatory acts. Okay, so therefore, it is permissible for the actual process of ghusl. Just to wet your entire body. And if that's the case, then we ask the question, is there a specific order which is necessary? The answer is no. So meaning that a person, if he did wash his feet first, and then the rest of his body, that's permissible. So we're asking, why is it not acceptable for a person to put on his khufs after he washes his feet? The answer is because he hasn't actually completed the purification. It doesn't matter that he washed his feet first, that's fine. But he didn't wash the rest of his body, and so therefore he hasn't done a ghusl. Yeah? Does that make sense? Right, so... Um, okay, uh, da, 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 da. so another scenario. Okay, let's say you now a person now he just needs to make wudu, so he's just been to the toilet and just needs to make wudu. So he's making wudu and he's now nearly finished his wudu and he he washes his right foot. And as he's what, why wa- his right foot, he then puts it down, he dries it, and he puts his kufa, and then he puts his hoof on, and then he he. Uh, puts his hoof on and then he puts on his and then and then um, and then he washes his left foot and then he puts his his left hoof uh, on. What does the madhab say? What does the madhab say? The madhab says that this is not something which is not acceptable, okay Why is it not acceptable because Tahara has not been completed that 's it basically Tahara has not been completed all right um, and why do, why do we say that tahara hasn 't been uh, completed? Because he's actually still got his left foot to wash. It's only when his left foot is washed, there's the person. Then actually, he's actually completed the actual uh, wudu, the actual purification. Does that make sense? So for that reason, then we can say that yep, that is not something which is uh, which is complete. Um, and there's an evidence for this. Of course, the Prophet ﷺ he said, "For inni Actually, I put in my Uh, uh, um, uh, um, my feet were clean, purified when I put on my khufs this is of course when they tried to take his khufs off right? when they were about to pour water for him to wash his feet and he basically stopped them and he said I'm going to wipe over my khufs when he stopped them he said no no I have put them on tahiratain put them on whilst whilst clean so now they're going to say, the madhab is going to say what does this statement mean? Putting, putting them on ta'hiratain is an evidence which suggests that you can only put on the Khufs after you have completed Tahara. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said, no, actually, um, it is permissible for a person to, uh, once he puts on his, or once he's washed his right foot, he can put on his Khuf. And then once he washes his left foot, he can put on his left foot and it's fine. Because for him, this Hadith does not mean that the Prophet ﷺ completed his wuduq first and then put on the uh, khufs, but rather, he put the khufs on uh, when his feet were clean, pure, clean. Alright? So, he's using a different kind of meaning, if you like, uh, of, um, yani, yani, it's almost like, a, like I said, it's, the, it's almost like the Prophet ﷺ said, that I put my feet, I put my khufs on, and my feet were clean. And so therefore, Ibn Taymiyyah is saying that, therefore, if a person washes his right foot, that's clean now, so you can put the khuf on. So there's a difference between the madhab and Ibn Taymiyyah. okay? Um, so, so anyway, as I said, in the madhab, this would not be acceptable. You have to complete the hara, and how do you complete the hara? You have to wash right foot and then left foot. That's complete, isn't it? Now you can put on your khufs. What does um, what does uh, 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 Sheikh um, Al Ghazimi, go with? i tell you what's really interesting, most of the time you know that he's a big fan of Ibn Taymiyyah as we all are actually, as in myself I am as well but he himself didn't actually follow Ibn Taymiyyah this time he actually says, to be honest, the, if we look at the hadith it seems to support the madhhab Okay, when a person makes wudu, then, and then he wipes over his socks meaning that it's suggesting that the wudu has to have been completed so he's kind of really supporting the madhab saying that yes really we should only put on the we should only wipe over khuffs that have been put on after wudu, after wudu not like as we just said a person washes the right and then puts it on and then pushes, washes the left and then puts it on no so he prefers the position of the madhab which is the one that you've got he does however add at the end he says but with respect to Ibn Taymiyyah and with respect to this issue and the khilaf that is there which seems like a common sense one so he does like the idea that Ibn Taymiyyah is saying but he's, he's, he, it's clear that he thinks that the more correct position is the method. He says if we did see a person who made wudu and I tell you why this is important I mean people normally wouldn't have seen this in a Muslim country but in the West we see this all the time. If you're an office and you're making wudu a lot of people wash one foot and another foot uh, separately. By that I mean um, uh, they will put their foot in a sink and then because they don't want you can imagine <laughs> it's like damage control, right? So a person's put his foot in the sink and he takes it out. He's got two scenarios now. He's either now going to stand on his wet foot or if he's, you know, experienced uh, campaigner, he's put some tissue down there yeah, and he's now standing on that tissue with a wet foot and now he's going to put his other foot into the sink. In the end, he's going to be standing on two piles of tissue with two wet feet, right? Or he's going to say, you know what it is? From a PR point of view, I'd rather stand with only one naked foot than, uh, than two naked feet. So what he might do is that when he brings his foot down from the sink, he actually still has a shoe and sock on on the other foot. And therefore his only one foot, which is uncovered, is that one. He then dries it. He puts his sock on. He puts his shoe on and then takes the sock and shoe off of the left one. And then he washes that. You know what I'm saying? That's become very popular in corporate kind of world, in office world and so on. So the question is, is that if you walked in upon a person and he was doing that. All right. And then later he then wiped over those socks later and you're with him. All right. What has he done? He's done something which the Madhab does not accept. The Madhab will not accept the wiping of the sock over the socks of this person because they'll say he didn't complete both feet first before he put both socks on. Ibn Taymiyyah, as we said, he said, no problem. You don't need to do both uh, to wipe- put on the sock after the right foot and then on the left foot afterwards. It's fine. I- Ibn Uthaymin, what, what did he say? He goes to support the Madhab position. It's a safer position. I also agree. It's a safer position. But his point is if you saw a person do that, we wouldn't tell him to take his sock off and start again we wouldn't criticize him we would say this is an issue of difference of opinion and no problem you carry on that's what Sheikh he mentions right at the end he goes that yeah we're not going to say to him and repeat your wudu, repeat your prayer for wiping on uh, the thingy like that he goes but if a person hadn't done it then we would instruct him we would educate him that make sense yeah we would we, you know before uh, 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 before he would actually go ahead and do that so this is all to do with the wiping of the khuf okay what about the jabira the splint okay people are saying that you have to make wudu or you have to have purification before you use the splint now that's weak that's pure weak I mean think think about it what's the point of yani um, wiping over an injured area if you have to make wudu on it first the whole point is lost the whole reason you're wiping over the 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 bandage, the, the 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 whole reason you have a concession to wipe over a bandage is because you're not meant to get water on the area, you're not meant to uh, get the area ruined. So, anyway, um, so that's so common sense doesn't work. But we shouldn't go to common sense first of all. Let's go to Sharia. Is there any reason? Isn't there any evidence that says that you must make wudu like there is in the khuff? Yeah, that's clear. The Prophet said that once you make wudu, then you wipe over the socks. But is there any evidence for the splint? And the bandage answer is no, there's no evidence, nothing from Quran, nothing from Sunnah. Okay, and as Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, Secondly, he goes, Come on, he goes, Normally, these things happen all of a sudden. You might have wudu, might not have wudu. Suddenly, something you know, you f- trip over, break your arm. <laughs> We're gonna now say, Wait, just hold on, before you put the plaster on, let me make wudu, and then I can put the plaster on. It's ridiculous, okay, and that's the reason. So, even though the madhab still says, No, you have to, the madhab does. Humbly Madhab says, no, you do have to make wudu before you put on the Jabira. Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, absolutely no way. No, no, uh, uh, th- th- there is no condition and um, there's no condition here at all. And that's uh, Taymiyyah's position and that's definitely our position as well. You do not have to make wudu first before you put on the bandage. As soon as you put the bandage on, you can make, you can wipe over it, no problem. So a question arises here just to make sure that we're strong and feeling confident in our position. The reason that we're happy, very strong in saying that is because we know that there's a clear difference between a khuf and a jabira. You see, the reason that the madhab is saying, you might say, well, hold on, why is the madhab saying it? Anyone, I, anyone know? Why is the madhab telling us? To wipe over... To, why is a madhab telling us that we have to have wudu first? It's easy, common sense. Why is a madhab telling us that we have to have wudu first before we wipe over Jabirah?
1: Just to be safe?
0: No, even more obvious. From a, from a sharia point of view, evidence point of view. You have
1: to be in that state
0: before you... Yeah, that's what it wants us to do. It wants us to be in a state of wudu. But why? Why is the humbly madhab telling us that we need to be in a state of wudu before we wipe over the the so spin. To make to make, make wudu at least you know once, once a
1: day before, properly. properly, and then you cover up. And okay,
0: but, 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 but why would it make you do that? Why would it enforce that upon you? When they're not stupid, are they? They know that
1: they might be dirty, So so let's
0: say you get dressed and you go outside, you fall down, break your arm. You're not gonna say to a person, "All right, listen." Go and wipe it over your go make wudu first before you put the bandage on. or let's say it's a big cut or burn or whatever, whatnot. What's the principle at play? Why they, why is the madhab making you or conditioning upon you to make wudu first before you wipe over the jebira? Really simple. Keep it. Think that the answer is really really easy. Keep it really simple. The answer is is because they're making qiyas They're making an analogy. On the hoof Do you understand what I'm saying? They're saying, listen Do you accept that you have to make wudu On your feet before you put the hoofs on? We say, yep, we accept that They say, okay then Therefore, everything now has to be based upon this That's why they have, have said that whole thing All of the four categories of, of wipeable things So what are they? It's the hoof It's the splint, the bandage It's the turban And it's the khimar they're saying for all of these things, if you want to wipe on them, you have to have wudu first. So uh, that's, that's their evidence. And and they say, if we say, what's your evidence? They'll say the evidence is qiyas because the only thing that we have a hadith for which makes us wipe is the khuf. And if the khuf is there basically and we know that you have to make wudu, do you accept that? Yeah, we, we, we accept that. Then okay, then you should accept it for everything else. Our response to that is very clear. Our response is that there's actually a clear difference between a khuf and a bandage I've already told you that One there's no direct evidence And number two What's the point But let's look at The actual differences Now technical From a technical point of view Sheikh al mean, he says That um, He goes The difference between um, Wiping over a bandage A jabira And anything else Okay Wiping over a jabira And uh, And any of the other things Which are wiped over are a number of them. The first one, he goes that the jabira is something which is not specific to any limb. It can go anywhere. Whereas the Khuf, only upon the feet, okay? And the Imamah and the Khimar is something which is only specific to the head. I just want to say for the time being that Sheikh Uthameen is playing along and he's assuming that you do need to have wudu before you wipe over the uh, turban and, the, and the, the headscarf as well. He's just playing along. He's just trying to show the difference between wiping over a bandage and wiping over everything else. Khuf, Imama, Khimar. Because first reason, Jabirah could go anywhere upon the body, but Khuf is specific to the feet, and everything else is specific to the head. Okay, Um, And he makes an interesting point here. He makes an interesting point. He makes a point here and says that if you understand this issue, if you understand that there's a difference between uh, between um, uh, uh, hoofs and anything else, between the hoof and um, sorry uh, if you understand this difference between the splint, the bandage, and everything else, then you won 't make a mistake in fatwa, like who he goes like who, like the people who gave fatwa to women to make musha over their nails when they put nail polish on. you see there are some that gave fatwa okay look at this yeah so let 's just go back and look at the issue. We have socks. Alright, fine. It's allowed to wipe over them. That's fine. Alright. Uh, there's a hadith. Uh, many hadith is very clear. Okay, fine. We have a hadith which say that you've got a, a turban on, and we've got a thingy on, a uh, headscarf, and we've also got a hadith about the jabira, the splint, and so we now know that all of these things are permissible to wipe over. So then they said if there are other things which are causing a barrier, these are all four barriers, aren't they? Yeah. So the turbans are barriers to the head, and so is that, and so is the feet, whatever. They said, if there's any other areas of the body that there's a barrier, then we're going to make qiyas. We're going to make qiyas upon, analogy upon that which is already wiped over and therefore give fatwa. So they gave fatwa and allow the woman to literally just wipe over her her nail polish, nails, basically. Which is completely unacceptable because there's no space for qiyas unless there is when they're in in the direct presence of a nas, When there's a direct text, which the Prophet ﷺ has made it very, very clear that the hands need to be washed when there is no harm Or there's no damage Or there's no pain Or no uh, wound Then it's no, not possible for us To uh, just create qiyas And to take away the direct nas But well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Wash the hands So it's not possible Yeah. When, uh, how
1: did the Hamli respond to the hadith When the, 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 the companion who was uh, Hurt his head And they forced him to do ghusl And then he died So I mean you know There you have a, you know, He has a bandage on and the Prophet clearly said, "You know, why did you make him do that?"
0: Yeah. So we covered, uh, as we covered last week. Um <laughs> well, some people busy last week, isn't it thing? This is why. This is why people had to be here. You see, as we covered last week, uh, review last week's uh, session, inshallah. Then you'll find lots of stuff. Obviously, we said this hadith has some weakness in it, and there's some, uh, there's some uh, criticisms of. The text itself and then much more criticism of the statements that came afterwards as well. But anyway, we believe that it is permissible for us to, to wipe over the the Javira or make tiamum in cases of emergency anyway. So that's not actually relevant here. The main thing here is to understand that the Prophet ﷺ himself has made it very clear what is to be wiped over and what's not to be wiped over. And also check with him in here he goes that the Prophet often also had difficulty Yeah, a woman might say I've got difficulty I don't want to remove my nail polish. Well, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then at Tabuk at the Battle of Tabuk يعني, when he was uh, uh, and this narrated uh, the hadith you can find is uh on page 229 the hadith of Mughira ibn Shu'bah um hadith of Mughira ibn Shu'bah and this is the hadith um, which hadith is this, ya yeah, shabab? Um, I've just turned. Yes, hadith Muslim. Okay, hadith in Muslim, uh, hadith number two hundred and seventy-four. Um, th- in this entire story, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when it came to washing his hands, he, he had a cloak on. This happened to all of us, I'm sure. Okay. And he couldn't basically get his arms uh, up to wash his arms properly. And so what he did is that he actually went underneath and lifted the entire shirt up, the cloak. So the cloak was basically hanging from his neck and now his top part of his body is all naked like, you know what I'm saying? And so therefore, he lifted, he put his hands underneath his shirt like that and, they, and he washed. And with him just makes the point that many times there, there have been some difficulties to wash something. We never saw the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, oh, you know what, let me just wipe it. Okay, so it's very clear from the Nos, the direct text, as well as the practice of the Prophet that these are not options on the table just to make diyas just like that. Okay, so there's a clear difference between wiping over um, the jabira and wiping over the rest of the um, other things. There's a difference. The second difference is that um, wiping over splint is permissible in which states? All states in. Hadith al-Asghar and al-Akbar Meaning in minor ritual impurity and major ritual impurity So a person doesn't Whereas you know in khufs, Let me ask you a question Is it permissible to wipe off your socks if you're in a state of Janaba? No. Why not? Because you
1: need to make uh, uh, Well
0: you, you're in a state of. Of impurity Correct, as simple as that Yani if you've got socks on And you're in a state of Janaba You have to take them off because you have to wash your entire body Right? But what about if you've got a splint or a bandage? That's what we covered last week, right? If you've got a splint or a bandage, it doesn't need to come off. That is the exception. So again, there's a difference. You see, this is what Sheikh Hukum is trying to say. You can't make qiyas between something which has differences, you know? Um, I mean, we're not doing qiyas now. Qiyas uh, analogy or making analogy is something which is a big part of Islamic kind of uh, usul al-fiqh, has evidences and so on principles but it's not it's not possible to make analogy between things which are different you can only make analogy between things which are the same so for example let me give let me give you a good example um one uh, 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 just i'm just off the top of my head this might have some weakness in it but um uh, cocaine for example is haram there's no hadith there's no ayah there's nothing okay but it's haram why is it haram because we made qiyas upon alcohol all right the alcohol is haram because it's muskir and it is khamar and it c- c- covers the mind and you know it makes you lose your head etc etc and so that's the reason why alcohol is haram so if we can find a product or anything which shares those exact same characteristics and it has the same kind of purpose same kind of yani, uh, uh, modus operandi the same kind of mode method then we make that haram as well. We look at cocaine and we see it's a drug, it's not got any use, it's done like this, blah, 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 blah. We make it haram based upon its you know, harm, negative effect upon the body and the, the way that it makes you lose your mind and think that you're super powerful, super great, super this, that. Fine. Now, let's imagine that we've got a chocolate bar that's made of some kind of real next level chocolate that it itself can give some kind of dizzy effect and, in some people and other people it doesn't um, or maybe let's say that in a person who is XYZ chromosome deficient it will make them drunk for example but the rest of the people it won't do anything okay? or let's say that meaning it, let's say it has a significant difference significant kind of unique characteristic which is not the same as alcohol well we cannot now make this chocolate by haram because when you're making qiyas from one thing to the other the thing that you're making qiyas has got to be the same in all of its key principles and characteristics in it's alsoaf in, in the way that you're describing it it's got to be the same if it's not operating the same if it's only working upon certain people then we can't just make all the chocolate bars Haram for everyone when it's working only upon one kind of person whereas cocaine will take everyone out like alcohol takes everyone out yeah that's not a very good example but the point I'm trying to make is that قياس, يعني, there is a fariq in, in, when we study the, the principles of Qiyas, if there's something which is clear difference between the two things, then we can't. That's why we cannot make Qiyas between the Jabira, and uh, the uh, bandage, and the Khuf. Because first of all, as we just said, the Hadith comes in the Khuf. It's not a damage scenario. It's a normative scenario. You wash your feet and put them on. A Jabira happens immediately. A Jabira can go on and put on, in, uh, 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 doesn't need, can be wiped over in a bath. Uh, in a major uh, uh, impurity and minor impurity whereas the Khuf only in minor impurity and so on a third difference okay, is that the uh, wiping of a jabira has no time uh, 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 period It's the yeah, you can go on if you're damaged for like 10 years then you wipe for 10 years and if you got a, a wound for 10 days then you're up for 10 days whereas you don't, it doesn't matter how far you're travelling as a traveller you've only got 3 days and 3 nights you have to take the socks off after that so again, another clear obvious difference between the two. And so when you have all these differences, it's not permissible to say the rules that apply to the khuf must apply to the bandage. We'll say, well, how can you do that? They'll say Qiyas. We'll say you can't make Qiyas because they're different. You can't make Qiyas upon something which is different in principle. Um, and then a sheikh says that, uh, number four, the, the, there's no condition to actually make wudu even in principle before you put on a bandage okay and he goes also um in sheikh's opinion as he's already said you don't need to have tahara either for the imama or for the khimar okay and we said it might be a safe opinion to make wudu first but actually there's no evidence for it and i and as we said well as we as we as what i said in the lessons a couple of weeks ago i said i agree with that as well that to wipe over your turban or to wipe over your khimar or to wipe over any of these you do not need to have made wudu first. But the khuf, the socks, leather socks, all those socks, definitely so. Because there's a text. Right. So now we move on to page four. Okay. Which is a new section, new text. Okay. This is interesting stuff. So in the uh, nas of Imam al hajawi uh, of Zad al Mustaqni'a, Imam al hajawi alayhi rahmatullah, he says, Woman, page four, he goes, Woman masaha fi safarin thumma aqama o akasa, o shakka fi btadai fa masha muqimin wa in ahdatha." ثُمَّ سَأْفَرَ قَبْلَ مَسْحِهِ فَمَسْحَ مسافرن. Translated, if one wipes while they were travelling and then becomes a resident, or wipes whilst they were resident and then becomes a traveller, or was unsure when or how he actually started, whether he wiped it here or whether he wiped it there, then he will wipe like a resident. Meaning that his wiping would be for a time period of 24 hours. One day and one night. Okay? If one becomes ritually impure, meaning he breaks his wudu. remember whenever you read the statement when someone becomes ritually impure, it just basically means he breaks his wudu. And if one breaks his wudu and then travels, before he actually wipes, before he actually wipes, his wiping period will continue like that of a traveler. Okay? Now this might not make sense now, but it'll make sense soon. It's very good. It's very clear. Very, very clear. Now, obviously there's some differences of opinion here between the scholars, and let's look at that, inshallah. So, the first point is that whoever, uh, if a person wipes whilst they're traveling and then becomes a resident, so what, what, what's happened here? I am in London, okay, and I wake up from my hotel in London and um, I'm staying in London, I'm hanging out, I'm living in London, I live in London, okay, and I'm now thinking, yeah, I, and I put my socks on and I made wudu, and then I break my wudu, and then I make my wudu and I wipe over my socks. I can, because I put my socks on, everything's fine. As it stands now, how long have I got to wipe? 24 hours. 24 hours, because I'm living in London, I'm hanging around, whatever. Now I suddenly go make safar, okay? I now go and make safar, and I go all the way now to uh, Manchester, okay? Which is 200 miles, it's a clear distance. I'm now journeying, okay? Um, how, how long now should my time period now last when I am there? Now this is the, this is the point the text says that if one wipes while they were travelling and then becomes uh and then becomes resident actually i've just described the second sentence beg your pardon right i've just described all wipes while they were resident and then becomes a traveller okay um so let me now so i've actually described the second sentence let me describe the first sentence if one wipes while they were travelling and then becomes resident so now imagine now that i have I put my socks on. That's fine. I've now gone to Manchester. I'm travelling. Alright? And then whilst I am in Manchester, I then make... I I then uh, break my wudu and I wipe over my socks. Okay? And now I'm going back home to London. When I arrive back home in London on the same day, okay, how long now do I wipe for? I'm back home. I want you to remember that when I wiped over my socks, I was a... Traveller. In Manchester. Which gives me three days. Okay? But I've come back home. I've come back home. So what is the madhab saying? In all of these scenarios, the two scenarios that I explained, you will wipe only for 24 hours. Sheikh Amin says, okay, he goes that um, the, uh, as for the one who uh, comes back home, there's no, there's no problem there. And that's straightforward. Everyone's happy with that? Yeah, the first scenario. I'm wiping as a traveller. I come back home, then I am now restricted to my home time. Alright, if you, if, you, if you think about this, it's like the prayer. If, you, if this is complicated for you to understand, think about it, in, uh, think about it from uh, a salah point of view, think about it from an akal point of view. Akal first. When we are wiping, it's a concession. Why do we want that concession? Because we're out of our home, isn't it? So you get that whole three days because you're on the road, you don't, is, you don't know where water is, blah, 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 blah. When you're at home, it makes sense that the concession should be less used. So the time is reduced and you're at home. So that's why. It's absolute common sense for us to understand that if a person wipes whilst travelling and then comes home, he shouldn't enjoy three more days, but rather a day and a night, and that's it. If he was praying, if a person was away abroad, uh, goes uh, goes travel for the day, and whilst he's there, he doesn't pray his prayer, okay, his dhuhr Then he comes back home. We know that when he comes back home, does he pray qasr, which is the two rak'ah, or does he pray full? So, he prays full because he's at home. All right, he but if he had prayed whilst he was there and then stayed there, he would have continued praying. Kasar. Yep, so same principle.
1: Yeah, um, just to just so you can clarify, he's, he's been on the road for two days, uh huh, and now he arrives home. Okay, good. So, so then basically, he's got to now, uh, you know, make all the, immediately, isn't it? Because his, his, his mask is over.
0: So let's say the person's traveling,
1: well, he's been he's been doing for mask for two days.
0: He, so 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 let's say a person traveled and he broke his bubble mm-hmm. and he wiped over his socks he did must he wiped over his socks from now this t- wiping of over the socks he has three days and three nights. Two days have already gone. he hasn't taken them off. he's wiping all the time. yep for two days, okay then he comes home all right it's the same here. if this person comes home, what's the situation? He has 24 hours anyway
1: from the t- moment he arrives home.
0: Correct. He has so, he 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 is has a new status of being home anyway.
1: So the 24 hours for the person who's travelling then comes resident. the 24 hours starts not when the breaking of the world. So
0: let me let me let me let me, let, let me read to you what Sheikh Thamin says. He 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 explains that in exact detail. He goes, "So man masaha fi safarin in baqiya min al-mudda shay wal-intahat al-mudda khala." Okay? So if someone has wiped during Safar and then he comes home then he will continue to wipe the time period of the resident if there is actually any time left and if the time has finished then he takes them off he goes an example of that he goes there's a Musafir and he's on his way home and then the prayer the time for prayer comes and so he wipes over his for uh, so he wipes over his socks and then he reaches home he will now complete the time period for the wiping of someone who is at home because the wiping period is 3 days for the one who's musafir but now his journey has finished so just as it is impermissible for him to now make qasr as he's at home he because he's now reached home likewise it is not permissible for him to carry on Wiping for the time period of a, a musafir. He goes. For in كان مضى على So in direct response to your question, okay, he says that if there was but he goes he goes that if there was a he goes that if this musafir he reaches home and there was a day and a night left okay of from his 3 days he has to take off his he cannot wipe on on his socks does that make sense okay and he goes that if there are 2 days left We're in We're No, and if he has used two days, okay. If he has used, and if he has used two days, he has to take it off. And if only a day has gone by in his uh, 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 since he's come home from his journey, since he's come home from his journey, and he's uh, uh, he's used a day, then he will only use now. He will have a night remaining. Another 12 hours basically remaining. Does that make sense? So basically when he comes home, he, um, let's say that for example, he has used two days already or used two and a half days already or used any time period already, which is uh, more than the day and a night. Okay. Then he has to take his socks off immediately. But if the journey period was less than a day, less than a day, then he comes home. He has the remainder of that day period to to carry on wiping. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So the, the, that's that's exactly the, the, the time period for the mash is, is exactly when you break your wudu and you start your thing.
0: The time period for the mash starts not when you break your wudu. The time period for the mash starts when you start your mash.
1: Okay, so you, you start your mash. Yep. Because the, and and if you're coming from traveler to resident, yep. Basically, if you've done two you have done. You're
0: done. Correct. Are if you... you've already travelled and you've been make, wiping for two days yeah. on your way home and you reach home and you want to make wudu, you can't wipe over your socks because two days have been used already and you're at home now and you only have one. one day.
1: You have zero time. You
0: have zero time, exactly. And you would have, if you were to come home and if the journey had taken just uh, uh, like 12 hours and you arrived home,
1: then you just treat it
0: no, you wouldn't treat it as if you were home anyway. You would treat it as the time period for being at home, which is 24 hours. And because 12 hours has been used since you wiped, you have another 12 hours left. That's what Sheikh Rathamim is saying. But
1: that's exactly the same as saying, you know, you treat it
0: as if you were a resident. No, because right? if you're treating it as if you were a resident, because then you would start 24 hours from whilst you arrived at home.
1: No, no, I... I resident at home you start from when you did the mass correct and so even when you, when you write that the-
0: that of course is the ruling the ruling is is yeah. that as soon as you start from traveling and on your way home soon as you get home okay your ruling is using a time period of 24 hours yeah, yeah. okay so i hope that's inshallah clear now the opposite is the controversial part okay the opposite is if a person now he uh wipes whilst they're a resident and then becomes a traveler so you're at home now all right and you're, you're so I'm a, I'm a, i live in manchester i'm at home and i want to go to london so as i'm about to leave i break my wudu and i say oh well i've got my socks on anyway so i'm gonna wipe so i wipe now i'm at home the have said if you're at home and you've wiped 24 hours for you is that clear and scholars said that but there's a second narration from imam ahmed and, and this second narration actually has some strength, okay. And this is now page 250. He goes, oh, sorry, 252, uh, two. okay. So basically, what she, I just want to give you a little bit of explanation of what Sheikh Al-Famin says. He goes, if a person, he he, 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 let's give his example first. He goes, if there's a person who wipes for a day whilst he is muqeem and then he makes safar, he's only got basically 12 hours left. He's, he's only, he can only carry on wiping for another 12 hours because he's already used 12 hours. Why? Because he's got the ruling of the resident. That's what Sheikh Uthaymeen is saying, okay? He goes, "Why is that?" He goes, "Because in this scenario of wiping we're combining between something which is permissible and haram. The permissible is to wipe for 24 hours. The haram is to wipe for more than 24 hours if he's not a traveler, if he's not a if he's not a resident." He goes that you're combining these two states. He goes, because you combine two states of permissibility and impermissibility out of safety, you always go back and revert to the position of the home person. OK, he goes that if a person after 24 hours, there's doubt now. If he was to carry on wiping for another 24 hours, another two days, the question is, is that should he be wiping in the as a home? Should he be wiping as a he's, he's in a state of doubt? Shaykh Uthameen goes that if you were to take your socks off and wash your feet, there will be no doubt whatsoever about your ibadah. He goes because of this combination of the resident and, and traveling state. So he and the Prophet ﷺ said, Da'ma, uh, leave that which makes you doubt for that which is not doubtful. Okay, and that's hadith of course, which is uh, very authentic and correct. And so therefore, he goes because of this doubt, we want to, the madhab has chosen 24 hours. Uh, 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 meaning, chosen the position of you wipe as a resident. He goes. Yet, it is interesting to know that there is a second narration from Imam Ahmed himself that no, he will continue to wipe like the one who is traveling, because the reason is, has been found. Now that he's traveling, he's traveling. He needs to take concessions of travel. Why are we restricting this guy to the to the to the to the restrictions of travel or of being at home? When he should be, yani uh, enjoying the, the the fact that he's traveling, okay, uh, and so on, and so therefore, um, right. So, so So Sheikh, so Sheikh Ahmed, uh, makes this point. And Sheikh Huthaimeen is happy because you can see that he himself, Sheikh Huthaimeen himself, he is. Uh, he basically said that. Um, uh, Sheikh Uthameen says is that it has been narrated And the, the reference is Al-Insaf okay, Which is Al-Mardawi's book um, He said that Imam Ahmed later Even though this was a second narration But actually he came back to this position Meaning this was his position That a person should actually wipe uh, 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 Like a musafir So he doesn't need to worry If he goes off on safar it doesn't matter Now Sheikh Uthameen makes an interesting point He goes if there was a person who's at home Breaks his wudu. Wipes his socks and then 24 hours passes, and then he travels. Then what? Uh,
1: say, say again. So he's,
0: he's, he's at home, he's, he's breaking his break wudu, w- br- break made wudu, wiped over his socks, remained at home for 24 hours, and then set off on a journey. Time to pray. Makes his wudu. What should he do?
1: Now he's a traveler. He's, he's, really he's, made, he's broken his wadu and his wife and he's remained 24 hours now At home uh, So, well according to the, to the first narration is that no he's got to make wudu. According to the second narration he's okay The, uh, the first narration According
0: to the first narration of uh, Imam Ahmed
1: He has to take off his feet, socks and, and wash his feet That's
0: fine According to the second narration No problem he's Wrong Why is it wrong? What is the second narration of Imam Ahmad? He
1: said that basically, he wipes like a traveler. If what? If the reason is found. Okay. And the reason is travel.
0: Right. But there's something before that. Who wipes over the socks like a traveler? Who? The Muqeem. The Muqeem?
1: When he's then traveling.
0: Okay. Traveling when? What I'm pushing you towards is that what I've just given you is a third example. It's a different example completely to the previous. What, how's it different? To the one I just stated. Obvious, man. I made it very, very clear what was well, unique. you
1: travelling immediately in one day.
0: Correct, correct. So, we're, uh, not immediately, but before the time period is finished. Yeah. So this is the, second, the second riwayah of Ahmed is referring to a person who basically wipes over his socks whilst he's still within the time period of the 24 hours at home and then leaves. He's still got time left. But the third example I just gave was a person who's a resident at home, okay? He's a resident at home and what he does is that he actually wipes over his socks and stays at home and the time period now finishes and he's still at home and then he travels. The ruling on this is clear uh, consensus between the scholars that he has to take his socks off. He's neither here nor there. He can't claim one status, he can't claim the other because his actual time period uh, finished. There's another scenario as well, I think, alright? Go on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's going to be...
0: There's another scenario which is going to come up in the text in a minute. But, I mean,
1: if he's counting his mopee 24 hours... Yeah. he knows when 24 hours is going to end, so he's either going to leave at 23 hours... Yep, if he does, that's something else. Yeah.
0: If he starts his journey at 23 hours, he's a muserfa. after 24
1: hours, he's gone on wudu anyway. Yes, he has. After 24 hours... Remember,
0: remember, wudu doesn't suddenly expire. He hasn't broken his wudu. No. When, when remember, when we talk about all these time periods, yeah, all of these time. This is a really important point, actually, because a lot of people kind of get mixed up with what should this time period mean. A time period, so that when it expires, doesn't mean a person's broken his wudu. It means that if he was to make wudu, he can't wipe over his socks.
1: So you're telling me that person who then um, makes a at twenty three hours. Yep and then goes another 12 hours absolutely we, okay. we discussed
0: that we discussed that remember that we said that a couple of weeks ago if there's a person who waits and waits and waits and at 23 hours he wipes over his socks and keeps his wudu for another 12 hours absolutely fine that's the whole point that's the whole point of the concession you know what i'm saying that's really, really 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 important to know so anyway what we just said there basically is a completely new scenario now there's a person there he wipes over his socks all right and he stays at home and he completes his 24-hour period at home. He now cannot wipe over his socks. If he makes his wudu at home, he can't wipe over his socks. If he is on the road, he can't wipe over his socks. If he arrives at his destination, he can't wipe over his socks. Why? Because his, distance, his, his time period has expired. But we will rule on this. So you might say, what's the class position? All right. The class position so far is that we agree with the first statement if one wipes whilst they were traveling and then becomes resident then the time period is 24 hours but if a person is at home and then wipes over his socks and then travels then we will allow that person to wipe for the traveling period three days and three nights as the position of imam ahmed's second riwayah second opinion and to this to this effect she just makes it like a little cheeky point he goes look he goes that if you are at home, Dhuhr prayer time starts. Okay? And you don't pray Dhuhr. You don't pray Dhuhr. And then you leave and you go to uh, London. Will you pray Qasr or Muqeem? Qasr. You will pray reduced to Raka'a when you arrive in London. Okay? He will pray like a Musafir, not a Muqeem. Okay? So, this is exactly the same as what we're talking about. Do you understand? Yes? A person, he's at home, he wipes over his socks, why we, when he gets to Musafir, why are we making him pray like for Raka'ah at home? He's going to pray to Raka'ah, isn't he? So likewise, why are we making him wipe only for 24 hours when he's reached his destination abroad, or whatever? We're going to allow him to have the concession of the travel. And that's the basic, uh, uh, that's the basic, uh, uh, point here. And let's just quickly finish off this point, uh, inshallah. Um... There's another scenario which I, I, I'm going to come to in a second. And that is, imagine a person who wipes over his socks. Uh, sorry, a person who makes wool and he doesn't even wipe over his socks.
1: What do you do? Wash
0: his feet? Yeah, just wash his feet, yeah. put his socks on, and then just leaves. What about him?
1: He wiping period he even
0: started yet. His wiping period hasn't even started yet. Very good. Just I'm just saying that so that you know. He's absolutely safe. Yeah. He, had, he has, you know, when he gets abroad, his wiping st- starts and three days for him and nights, no problem. On
1: for five days, or was having the
0: <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, a lot of people don't really understand that. They, they think that all the wiping periods are literally 24 hours or three days. It's not at all, of course. It depends upon how long a person's awake and how he's using it. Isn't it? Yep. Um, and then finally, uh, for this kind of small part, is if he... Uh, uh, unsure, uh, and, or he was unsure when or how he started okay now this is common sense if a person is not sure whether he is this or whether he was traveling or when he wiped whatever the method is saying that you just wipe like 24 hour period the small period uh, the smaller rather than the larger riskier period and that's, that, that's, that's common sense okay as for Sheikh Uthameen, he says that no if a person starts off from home and travels he remains dra- wiping like a traveler it doesn't matter and I, I, I follow that opinion as well that's the top position of this class actually the top position of this class is that it doesn't matter whether he's unsure or not if he's on his way home then he's gonna be we're gonna make him wipe like he's at home anyway but if he's on the way out i don't care whether he wiped before or later i'm gonna make him wipe like a traveler because he's on the way out to travel and then the final point okay if one becomes ritually impure and then travels before he actually wipes his wiping period will continue like that of a traveler i just mentioned that right now didn't i Okay, this is a person who's at home and then he puts his socks on, he does not wipe, and then he reaches abroad, then he starts to, then he wipes, then he's now got to... A, 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 a thing. I'll tell you what's interesting about this point. Remember before when we were having the debate about whether the, sta- the, 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 the time period starts when? The time period for wiping starts when you break the door, or the time period starts when you wipe your sock. Yes? And we went through all the opinions. Now what I want to show you is this. Okay, um, What does the madhab say in the first sentence? Wiping over footwear is permissible for a time period of 24 hours and 72 hours for a traveller starting from the moment that one becomes ritually impure. That's the position of the madhab. And what did we say at the beginning? We said we disagree. We said the class position and the position number of the scholars is a time period starts from when you first wipe. You first wipe. And what Sheikh Amin says, he goes, what's fascinating is that they've contradicted themselves in the same chapter. Because here, right, what have they said? They've said that if this person, he leaves home, okay, and he does not wipe, his wiping starts from when?
1: First
0: exactly. وَإِنْ أَحْدَثَ ثُمَّ سَافَرَ قَبْلَ He goes that if one becomes ritually impure and then travels before he actually wipes, okay, his wiping period will continue like that of a traveler. i.e. I, I, there's an indication that the most important point is the actual wiping. Uh, this can be argued by the way. I just want to say that he can be argued. All right? The humblest could fight back if they wanted to. But <laughs> the point is this is that we believe that the time period is connected to the wiping uh, and not the uh, not the, the becoming impure anyway alright so I just want to say that this was a little actually if I'm going to be honest this is a little bit different to what we said yeah we said the person hasn't broken Wudu but it doesn't matter let's imagine just to make it clear I'm in Manchester I put on my socks and I now leave for and I'm in Wudu and I leave for Turkey when I get to Turkey I can now wipe for, th- thingy for three days From the second I wipe. It actually doesn't matter. If I've broken my wudu or not. It doesn't matter. But now let's now take another scenario. I'm at home here in Manchester. I've done wudu. Before I leave. I break my wudu. I go to the toilet. But I don't make wudu. I don't wipe. And now I go. And I go to to, 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 to Turkey. And then I make my wudu. And I start my wiping. My wiping period starts there. So just as an advice to you. If you do break your wudu. And there's no reason to be in Wu in your journey and you need to extend your time period for whatever reason, you might have a reason, then just delay your making of your wudu. That's a little traveler's top tip. Traveler's tip, brother. You like telling me trips tips like when you're stuck in you got a two pin plug. I was a command maki the other day and he goes, yani, uh I'll give you a traveler's tip if you've got any yani, uh you know don't have keen they've got American plugs, isn't it? Yeah? And most of the places have got three pin plugs And they're stuck So he goes I'll give you this big tip He goes when you can't charge your iPhone Then stick it into the bathroom You shave a shaver socket And I'm thinking like Wow what an amazing tip So anyway got to hit on Command Maki Any, any opportunity I get There's war out there Just wait for the new release The new release There's some amazing exclusive photos I've got to release yet So that's about it guys um, I think we'll call it at that one That was quite a long session I think Oh, it's okay, 55 minutes, it was alright Alhamdulillah, but we did six pages, which is good um, So yeah, um, just just uh, um, I wanted to just uh, thank everyone I wanted to thank, of course, the Malaysians We had an excellent session um, uh, In LP uh, Two sessions, mashallah Over there, it was brilliant Umfest was amazing, mashallah um, I'm Looking forward to that again, inshallah And um, Kuwait this week and then next week, inshallah, we're back in Cheadle, back in home ground So those people who are watching this, make sure you're back at eight o'clock um, for the final three lessons. I'm not sure when, there might be a fourth as well. 28th is what they said, huh? Or 29th, uh Ramadan. Uh, if it's 29th, then if it's 29th, then we'll get the 28th Wednesday in, or oh, no, it might be Trawiyah. No, definitely that week off. Okay, it looks like <laughs> <laughs> that goes definitely that week off. So it looks like 21st of June will be our last one. Anyway, inshallah, we've got three lessons left, and I'm pretty sure we can complete this chapter in those uh, in those three lessons.